Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. What's going to happen on Monday night, Chelsea? Let's look at the numbers right now. They have not changed overnight. Michigan is laying four and a half points. Michigan is minus 185 on the money line. Washington is plus 155. Total set at 55 and a half at BetMGM. Who is going to win and or cover this game in your opinion? Okay, strategy question. When you have a strong mm-hmm. first impression on a game, how willing are you to stick with your guns? Because as soon as you see this line, isn't the initial reaction, they're giving Washington four and a half points again? What are we doing? Again? Did you see the line in the last game? They're getting four and a half points. They won outright. So you were going to give this offense, Michael Penix Jr., these receivers, Four and a half points mm-hmm. again, and you think this is a smart idea? That's my first reaction. So as much yeah. as I probably need to dive further into the numbers, when you see a game where you have a strong first reaction, do you stick with it? Or do you say, okay, I need to step back for a minute and really analyze this game? I think for a game like this, it's important to delve into the numbers. I like Michigan, and and I liked Washington against Texas. So... I was not a homer in that contest. I even said on this show, I would take Michigan in the points. Or sorry, Washington in the points. Because this is about attacking a particular weakness when it comes to your opponent. When it comes to Washington, I knew the Achilles heel for Texas was that secondary. And Texas did not do a good job of pressuring Michael Penix. And as we've said on this show, if you give Michael Penix Jr. time, he will carve you up because he is an NFL quarterback who has three NFL receivers. The difference is Michigan is a completely different animal. Michigan has a more talented secondary. They will put pressure on Michael Penix that we did not see at the Sugar Bowl. Look at Jalen Milrow. Look how good he was after that Texas loss for the remainder of the season. He was unbelievable. And part of the narrative going in was, how does Michigan slow down Jalen Milrow? Well, they did because they brought pressure from different angles and because they have the talent to do it. I think they have the talent in the secondary to disrupt Washington enough to win this game. And not only that, Chelsea, Texas, even though Texas never led in the Sugar Bowl, which is crazy to think about, Texas could have won that game at the very end, as we saw. They could have won on the final play of the game, never led in the game, but they were able to stay in it because the Washington defense and the Washington secondary just isn't that good. So what will Michigan do? Michigan 
will take advantage of the Washington secondary. Michigan will make enough stops on defense, I think, to cover this number. The thing about Michigan is they're just not sexy at all. They're not exciting. They line up and they just bowl you over. When you look at Washington, you say, oh my God, these receivers, Michael Penix, and all of those things are true. When you look at Michigan, what do you see? You see old khaki pants on the sideline. You think, ah, he's a cheater. And then they just run the ball, Blake Corum over the left tackle, J.J. McCarthy making some passes. They blitz you. But it's not necessarily an exciting jump-off-the-page brand of football, and so people tend to lean to the other side. I think Michigan is the best team in the country. I've said that for weeks, and I think they cover this number. Well, the main case against Washington is they had over 400 yards of passing in that game against Texas and nearly lost the game. I think that's your sabotage factor. The fact that Michael Penix Jr. had an amazing game, but yet it came down to the final play. And again, they almost lost the game. So even if Michael Penix Jr. has a good performance here, which this line is kind of suggesting that maybe he doesn't, we're seeing a lower total here at 55 and a half. I think that's what kind of makes me a little bit nervous. But also... I feel like Michael Penix Jr. is on a different level than Jalen Milrow. I think he's a much better Mm -hmm. passer. Because isn't that... I'm not going to say it's the knock on Jalen Milrow, but I feel like he is somebody that kind of panics and runs first. Like, maybe panic is a little bit too strong of a connotation, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Uh, Because I do think there's going to be much more pressure on Michael Penix Jr. in this game. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you've got to get a hand in his face. You've got to do something to disrupt the rhythm that we saw against Texas. And like you said, we knew the the weakness of Texas was their secondary. So maybe it's not the case for Michigan here, but I don't know. Sometimes we see a team like this that the market undervalues the entire season, and now they're getting four and a half points because there is a chance that they lose this game and still cover this number, especially when points are somewhat at a premium at 55 and a half. When you saw this total, what was your first instinct? Because I feel like this total is kind of correlated to Michigan and their defense Mm -hmm. and their run game. If you think Michigan kind of rules the roost here and controls the tempo, feels like an under game. If you think that Washington can sneak a few by, you know, this Michigan secondary, Mm -hmm. feels like maybe an over game. Uh, do you have a feeling? Do you think it is an under game since you like Michigan? Yeah, I do. I think Michigan is better at the line of scrimmage, particularly on the defensive line. I think they're going to get pressure on Michael Penix, and you're absolutely right. Jalen Milrow is a not nearly as good of a passer as Michael Penix, but Jalen Milrow also presents a huge problem with his legs. Michael Penix does not. Penix can run. He's not a running quarterback. So what you want to do with Jalen Milrow is you want to contain him and keep him from getting out of the pocket. With Michael Penix, you want to disrupt his timing. And so Texas was never really able to. Michigan will be able to do that. And here's the thing. Michael Penix is going to get his. Those NFL receivers, Odunze and those guys, they will get theirs. There's no question about it. But all Michigan has to do is get some critical stops because I don't think Washington is going to be able to stop Michigan. And Michigan has the dogs on defense to get a handful of stops. If Texas could get a stop or two, one stop or two, maybe they win that game and they just couldn't do it. I think Michigan will be able to. And again, I just keep going back to the fact that everyone keeps saying, the the, the book on Michigan all year long is, 
well, this is really a team that hasn't played anyone. Michigan has not lost a game all season, and they have won every single game this season by at least six points or more. So they won by a touchdown or more in each and every single game this season. I'm just big on the Wolverines just because they have not gotten credit up to this point. And you look at Washington, and I initially I'm like, oh, my God, Washington plus four and a half, Washington plus four and a half. I like Vegas is begging you to take that line. And I do think it's the Wolverines. From a strategy standpoint, I think you try to look and see what the potential is moving forward. Because it felt like Washington played a really good game. And like I said, uh, Michael Penix Jr. threw for over 400 yards. And yet they still lost. Then, Or they mm-hmm. still almost lost is what I'm saying. Uh, and then you look at Michigan. How many mistakes did Michigan make in that game against Alabama and they still won. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing going forward. If Michigan can clean up some of those special teams' mistakes, which they, fe- I feel like they haven't had those all season long. It's not been like a pattern where, no. oh my God, the special teams is at it again. Um, if they can clean up some of those mistakes, they'll look a lot better. And they will be yeah. able to control the tempo uh, with the line of scrimmage. So do you think they can clean up those special teams' mistakes? I think so. Alabama has a much better defense than Washington. So they will find it. J.J. McCarthy almost threw a pick on the very first play of the game against those Alabama DBs. It's going to be a different situation against the Huskies. I'm talking myself into Michigan. And I'm not bitter against Washington. They deserve to be Texas. They were awesome. I just don't think it happens on Monday. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.